0: Hey guys, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to Unnatural Spooky Edition, because we're getting spooky all month long, because we love Halloween. I am currently dressed like an emo kid, early 2000s.
1: I had uh, some retractable vampire fangs that I got. However
0: You can't speak very well in them Well,
1: A, you can't speak very well in them And B, they ended up not being retractable at all So (laughs) uh, I didn't wear them They're just a piece of junk now that I'm probably going to throw away So with that Today we're heading to two different parts of the country Mm -hmm. We're going to southwestern Kentucky And into Florida as well We're talking about A group of kids who used to Actually drink each other's blood Self-mutilates torture animals and on a day just before thanksgiving 1996 it actually led to the deaths of innocent people this is the story of the vampire clan Kentucky is just north of the Tennessee border. It's really right around the Bible Belt area. So it's kind of always been a quiet little town. That is until the 1990s. Almost out of nowhere at that time, residents began noticing more and more teenagers that were around the area who belonged to the vampire occult. So a side note for folks who aren't aware, members of the real life vampire cults say that drinking another person's blood is almost an orgasmic feeling. They believe that practicing their rituals puts them on a higher plane than the rest of humanity. And they say that it also allows them to kind of unlock parts of their human brain, which gives them. A lot of different abilities, including telepathy. So that brings us to Rod Farrell. Now, Rod was born in March of 1980. He was raised by a single mom. Her name was Sandra, and he never knew his dad. According to his own admission, he became infatuated with the dark side of life at the age of 12 years old.
0: I mean, didn't we all at some point? But it's like sometimes it, it just has to be a phase, my guy.
1: A little bit. So Rod met Jaden in September of 1995 while they were attending high school. And soon after, Jaden became Rod's sire. So a sire is basically the person who helps another person transform. So they're kind of a mentor for them here on out. So at this point, Jaden was already leading a small group of vampires in the community. And to them, it was a no brainer because Rod seemed like he was just like them. He wore makeup like they did. He cut himself. He wore black outfits, trench coats, and grew his hair long the whole nine oh, yards.
0: God, trench coats.
1: Yeah, I remember those in the Leave 90s. Them there. So in January of 1996 Jaden took Rod To an old cemetery In town To officially commence him Being a vampire In the ceremony They used a blade To make slits on each other's arms So they made three slits On each other's arms And then the two proceeded To drink each other's blood Out of the slits
0: (laughs) Okay, so I know that there are totally modern day um vampire groups and I'm not trying to insult them at all because do you boo boo but like I mean those those people that that do it today I for the most part from my understanding are very safe about it. I just think of like Right. With, like diseases.
1: Oh my god, is this going to give me covid? Jesus. Christ. No, but you're right. There's a lot of health ramifications that, let's face it, teenagers don't always think about that kind of thing. Then they decide that they're going to meditate after that until sunrise. That's kind of the ceremony there. Hmm. So for Rod. And this is
0: how you turn someone.
1: This is how you turn someone into a vampire, okay. at least according to this group.
0: That's not how they do it in True Blood. Or
1: interview with a vampire. They just fucking bite them on the neck. Anyway, so for Rod, joining the family also coincided with him deciding to take what he called an evil path in life. And this became evidence to Jaden, his friend, a few months later after Rod's initiation. So get this, Emily. One day, the two were walking around a trailer park. They were just talking about life talking about where they were going to go, what they wanted to do, right? And all of a sudden, they came upon a little kitten.
0: No, not a kitten.
1: What you and I would do if we came upon a little kitten is we would pet the kitten, play with the kitten, see if it was, you know, okay, if it needed food, if it needed a home, right?
0: Yes, I would take the kitten home.
1: I know, I probably would too. Well, Rod took the kitten, he began petting it, but then the kitten bit him and clawed at him, which kittens... Ten- as he should well, have. that's what kittens do. I mean, they, they claw at you. They mess around, you know. They don't know any better. And Rod didn't exactly like this. So, like you or myself, we would just brush it off. But he did not do that. He grabbed the poor kitten by the neck and he threw it as hard as he could at a nearby tree. (gasps)
0: And this severed its
1: spinal cord and killed the kitten instantly. Mm. So right there, we're thinking, fuck you, Rod. Go to hell. Burn in hell.
0: Yeah. Someone call John Wick. (laughs) Right now.
1: He needs to come after this mofo. Okay, so... Now, as for Rod, this would be kind of the beginning of the cruelty and the malice that he would display towards living things in the next coming months. Now, according to Jaden, the incident with the kitten really freaked him out, as it would anybody else, I'm guessing, or most people. Yeah. And he kind of started spending less and less time with Rod after that. You know how you are with a friend. You don't always, especially in high school, you don't cut them off immediately. You just kind of taper it down. Right. And by this accounts, one might guess that Rod kind of acted on his own accord, or at least without Jaden's help in the next incident. So one night, a few months later, somebody or some people broke into the local animal shelter in Murray, Kentucky.
0: No. Now, this
1: was in the middle of the night, Emily, and the shelter is located on the outskirts of town, and there's a large field that's adjacent to it. It was there where the sheriff's deputies found a number of dead, mutilated puppies, and they were all drained of their blood. No. It's just awful. No. And the sheriff's department... They
0: broke into an animal shelter to steal puppies to sacrifice them.
1: Yeah, and they took the weakest of the animals. No. They, they, they didn't go after the big dogs. They didn't go after the Dobermans or the Mastiffs or the, the Pit Bulls. They went after the puppies. No. No. That, that just shows how weak they are. I hate them. And the sheriff's department actually said that it was the worst torture of an animal they had ever seen.
0: Did they drink the blood of the animals?
1: Yeah. Gross. They, they drank their blood. And not only that, they tore the puppy's limbs no! off. No, while they were still alive. No.
0: no stop, stop.
1: It's like, go straight to hell. Whoever did this, go straight to hell. You and I have talked about this before. It's funny because we're on a true crime podcast and we talk about death a lot. And yet, whenever we get to animals, (laughs) I think that's where we cringe the most.
0: That's because animals are so innocent and kind Mm -hmm. and we do not deserve them. Mm -hmm. And humans suck.
1: Although... I literally just looked over and I'm not kidding right now. I can show you this on the camera. I was looked over on my Where's bed it? and my cat puked on my bed.
0: Oh, <laughs> but you, we still so, love her. Here we are so talking much. about
1: how much we love animals and my cat puked on my bed.
0: She did it because she loves you. <laughs> Is that Andy. what it was?
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. I feel like that's not what it was. But anyway, moving she had on. A
0: little bit of indigestion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, the theory was that a few members of the clan used the puppy blood for a ritual that they were practicing. But honestly, I did some research into this.
0: That was practice?
1: Appar- apparently. For what? And I looked into this and I could never find. That the vampire family, as they were called, was ever linked to it. There was something bigger that was looming after this, which made the attack on the animal shelter almost forgotten history. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free.
0: And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
1: So Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you want to know what else? You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is really cool.
1: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place.
0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: relationship of Jaden and Rod finally came to a head one night when Jaden and another friend came to Rod's house now according to Jaden Rod made a threat on his life and he retaliated by grabbing Rod by the neck and slamming him against the wall the thing is is the two never really spoke again after this But Rod split off from Jaden's family entirely and started his own clan.
0: As he should.
1: Well, maybe he shouldn't even do that. Maybe he should get out of the thing entirely. But that's another subject. But it was at this time that Rod was also getting big into drugs. Mm. We're talking acid. PCP meth and even heroin
0: honestly the last thing you need when you think you're a a vampire is an acid trip okay
1: yeah yeah I mean all the other drugs
0: 100% because (laughs) those shit that shit makes you crazy too but acid
1: oh boy yeah so this as you can imagine kind of altered his already unstable mind and now that he was banished from Jaden's family He began to recruit other people into his own clan. Now, that included Scott Anderson.
0: Whoa, 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 wait. Yeah. So he split off and then started his own? Yes. (sighs) Don't do that, dude.
1: Well, he wanted a rival faction. Mm -hmm. That's That's how it goes in these small towns like this. Fair. And... He got at least five other people involved. How, though? There's a lot of teenagers that were into this, apparently, in the 90s. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, I got to keep in mind that they're teenagers and not adults. Yeah.
1: So this included Scott Anderson, Charity Kessie, Dana Cooper, and they were all teenagers, just like Rod. Michael Schaefer, who was another member of the clan, said that they would... Kind of often talk about killing people, but in his words, it was only in jest and they always put things off down the road. Oh, so, yeah,
0: it was, it, was, it was. We were just joking about yeah, killing people, we
1: were just messing around. We weren't actually going to kill anybody.
0: Vampires are literally known and feared for killing people, but oh, it was just a mm-hmm. joke. We weren't actually going to kill anybody okay sir well
1: rod was already beginning to put a plan in place for killing someone for real and of course he was he would use this to have his new recruits help him along the way now rod had been talking to a girl named heather her name was heather wendorf They had been communicating back and forth for a while. Heather actually had lived in Murray, Kentucky at one point, but her and her family had recently moved to a town in Florida called Eustace. And that's Hmm. about an hour and that's about a half hour northwest of Orlando. So after speaking with Heather about possibly joining his new vampire family. Rod, along with Charity, Kessie, Dana Cooper, Scott Anderson, and the rest of them, took a road trip down to Florida. And Heather was an actually an old girlfriend of Rod's. And the two had been in communication quite often since she had left town. Mm-hmm. And according to Rod, not only were they heading down to Florida to initiate her, but they were also going there for a far more treacherous reason, and that's to kill Heather's parents.
0: What?
1: That was the plan.
0: Did Heather know this was the plan?
1: And that is the question that still remains to this day. Now, hmm. during the 12-hour road trip down to Eustace, Rod took a strip of what is called Golden Dragon Acid. Okay. So... That sounds pretty fucked up to me. Yeah. I don't know about you. But, so I imagine by the time he got there. Don't he do was, drugs, kids. He was tripping balls pretty hardcore. So the night of November 25th, 1996, Heather met Rod and his gang outside her parents' home. Now, it's said that this is when they actually initiated her, making her one of them a vampire. So they, they so, made her drink the blood and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Does she drink the blood from all of them or just?
1: I, I, th- I think it was just Rod. Okay. So then Rod and Scott, the other male that was in this family, they proceeded to enter Heather's parents' home while the three girls, including Heather, stayed in the car. Unbeknownst to Heather's parents, Rod and Scott staked out the house. Now, they noticed that Heather's mom was actually in the shower at the time, and her dad was in the living room lying on the sofa watching television. Seeing that the coast was kind of clear for entry, the two boys entered the garage, and they decided to upgrade their weapons a bit. So Rod found himself a crowbar his liking, I'm not sure what he had initially, but he decided to go with the crowbar. So they made their way into the living room of Heather's parents' house where the TV was on and it was almost at full blast. Oh
0: my God, I can't stand it when people do that.
1: I know, but when it's on at full blast, you can barely hear anything else. Yeah. So Heather's father, he had no idea they were coming. And when he finally turned around and noticed them, Rod hit him in the head with the crowbar as hard as he could. And that one blow knocked Heather's dad out cold. So at which point, Rod proceeded to bludgeon him to death with the crowbar. He he struck him numerous times throughout every part of his head and torso area, even going as far as stabbing him in the heart.
0: With the crowbar.
1: With the sharp end of the tool.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrific.
1: Just. Right? I mean, it just shows how fucking far gone this guy was. And
0: mom's just in the shower, has no idea what's going on because you can't yeah. hear anything because the goddamn TV's no too
1: loud. No clue. No clue. And Rod and Scott then began looking for the keys for Heather's parents' vehicle. And that's when Heather's mom actually did come out of the shower. So her mom happened to have a cup of hot coffee in her hand, in the and shower. as soon, as,
0: I'm not talking shit, but like,
1: well, I think she might have gone into the kitchen first, and then she realized something was going on. Yeah. So she had the cup of coffee. She saw Rod. She threw it at Rod. The coffee went all over him, and. Yeah. Obviously, it burned the shit out of him. Little fucker. And she goes ballistic, and she attacks Rod. Yeah. She's fighting for her life, and she's clawing at his face repeatedly. And that was when he finally grabbed the crowbar, and he began striking her in the head repeatedly until she was dead.
0: Poor woman
1: And it was After killing Both of Heather's parents That the two Scoured the home And eventually They found the car keys That they had been looking for Mm -hmm. To make their getaway So they get back to the car Where the girls Were still there And Rod's shirt Is just drenched In blood And he has blood In his face Blood everywhere they decide to move everyone to the parents' Ford Explorer. They change the tags of the Ford Explorer. I believe that Rod changed his clothes as well. Mhm. And then they took off. Oh,
0: fucking so, How old are all of them right now? Like 15, 16, 17?
1: Yeah, the oldest one was 19. Yeah. So they're all teenagers. And not long after this, Heather's sister Jennifer Wendorf actually came home from work.
0: (gasps) Oh, no. So she had to walk in and find her mom and dad.
1: Uh Mm-hmm. So she found her parents' dead bodies in the house. She saw that her sister was missing, and she immediately calls the police. Yeah. Now, being her sister, she knows some secrets about Heather, including the fact that Heather had been infatuated with Rod and may have been involved. So she tips the cops off to that and a manhunt ensues. And the police put out APBs for the Ford Explorer to every county in the area and even other states as well. But it wasn't until three days later, which was actually Thanksgiving night, 1996, that they finally found the teenagers.
0: Oh, my gosh. Where were they? Where were they?
1: So the five teens were apprehended in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a couple states away. And all the teens were then taken back to Florida, where the cameras were waiting. And at this point, the story had gone national, Emily. Yeah. And Rod didn't disappoint. He saw the cameras and he wanted to perform. So oh my God. this is... Little- Well, he was, and this is pre-social media, but it still was going out everywhere in the country. And he repeatedly stuck out his tongue. He gave a menacing smile. And he even kissed at the cameras. What? As he was being escorted into the jail. So what happened to the other five teens involved? Well, Scott, who, as you know, was... Rod's accomplice who went into Heather's parents' home. Yeah. But he didn't exactly participate in the murders. He was just kind of there as an accomplice. He was sentenced to life without parole. Now, this was later reduced, and he's actually scheduled for release coming up in 10 years. 2031 is his release.
0: Interesting.
1: Now, Charity Kessie she spent uh, around 10 years in prison. She was released in 2006 and Dana Cooper. She was released a little bit later in 2011. Now the one person I didn't mention was Heather.
0: Right. And
1: well, we'll get to her in just a few moments, but Rod initially he was set to face the death penalty. Good. Which at the time was the electric chair which I'm pretty sure the electric chair is illegal everywhere at this point. But back then, there were a few states that were kind of holding on to it. And he was actually on record saying that he had always been fascinated with the electric chair, and he actually embraced it. Oh, my
0: God. Okay, so um, just hold on here. Um, So I just Googled him because I wanted to see what he looked like. Yeah. And uh, now, are you
1: seeing the long-haired rod or the short-haired rod?
0: Both, but I am also seeing autopsy photos from the parents.
1: What the fuck? Pretty gruesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, or you know, depending on how you look at it, a law came out shortly thereafter. That prohibited juveniles from receiving the death penalty. Because remember, he was underage when he committed these murders. Right. And since he was a juvenile at the time of the murders, he was grandfathered into that. And now he is currently serving a life sentence in prison.
0: As he should.
1: Now, there's... Kind of been a lot of public outrage that Heather Wendorf wasn't charged herself in her parents' murder.
0: Yeah. It's it's a
1: little weird. It's a little weird. She was 15 years old at the time. It was taken to grand jury twice and it was stricken down twice. Although Rod and his mother say that Heather was just as guilty as he was and that she perpetuated this and asked Rod to kill her parents. But uh, again, she's been freed for over 20 years now. So obviously, I don't think she's going to jail. Right. And from the research I've done, Heather actually got married about 10 years later. She became an artist. And last check, she lives in North Carolina. And that is the crazy story of the Vampire Clan out of Murray, Kentucky, which just goes to show this kind of thing can happen in any town in the United States. If it can happen in Murray, Kentucky, the Bible Belt. Yeah. It could probably happen where you live.
0: Thanks. I hate it. I hate all of it.
1: (laughs) But... You know, something we love what do we is love? interacting with our fans on social media.
0: We do. And do you want to know where you can do that? Yes. Let me tell you. Come hang out with us on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod. Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Send us a Gmail, Unnatural the Podcast at gmail.com. Also, we have a Patreon page set up where you can find ad-free episodes, behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes, and so much more. That is patreon.com slash pod. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends.
1: And next week, we begin a two-week spectacular, or should I say spooktacular Events of Unnatural.
0: We sure do. We're going to keep it spooky. We're going to keep it Halloweeny, And we are going to talk about kind of different cases that have to do with hauntings, mm-hmm. like spooky stuff, and a little bit of crime thrown in there.
1: I got one in particular that is going to blow your rock socks, your socks off. off. Yeah, rock your socks off. There we go.
0: Jinx-ish.
1: Ish, I said blow your socks off, which I don't even think is a thing. Of course you
0: said blow because you're a dude, and that's always.
1: Hey, come on. (laughs) That's not what I was going for. Okay, maybe subconsciously. Anyway, so that is coming your way next week and the week after. We are going all in for Halloween, and you better join us coming up next week. And don't forget, Emily.
0: Make good choices and don't get got, especially by a vampire clan in fucking Kentucky.
1: Which reminds me, I am going to do a detour all the way around Kentucky on my next road trip.
0: As you should.
1: We'll see you next week. Bye!
0: Like in high school, I was just thinking about how depressed I was or how much I hated school or how much I hated person XYZ. These days, I'm like having legit anxiety attacks over contemplating the fact that the universe may not have always been here.
1: And that's a perfect segue into our sponsor today, BetterHelp.com.
0: I wish we were sponsored (laughs) Because I need some better
1: (laughs) help. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Okay.